track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's Will you stop? Welcome to Dirty War. I'm JT. That's Marcus. This is a sabermetric style nerd based dig into every dirty pay per view event of all time. Marcus, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, just thinking about how eventually we're going to work ourselves into a shoot uh, by covering all the primetime wrestling episodes. Live watches? Possibly. Maybe. Uh, another idea. All right. Every year, I bank ideas all through. Just turns into event. listening to Grill and Bobby for two hours. <laughs> Those would be tough. Like, it would actually be a real hard live watch because so much of it is audio based. But uh, we're audio based too, but we're also visual here at the North South Connection. We launched a brand new YouTube channel in 2023. So a lot of our podcasts are coming to you in video format. If you're listening on a podcatcher app, you can go ahead and search us out on YouTube, North South Connection, and you can watch us if you want. Or just go to NorthSouthConnection.com. has everything you need from this here network. So on this show, Marcus, like I mentioned, we're going through every day pay-per-view in history. We do it in a season format. So every season starts with a pay-per-view right after WrestleMania, ends with WrestleMania the following year. Kind of gives you that dirty year-long story structure. This season we're on right now started with Extreme Rules 2015. We'll end at WrestleMania 32. And we are actually nearing the end of the calendar year right mm-hmm. now. Everything we do is based on a plus-minus system uh, when you look at things that are better or worse than replacement level. So to us, replacement level is something that's average. If you have an average match, a fine promo, a solid crowd, this is your most average performance. Anything that's better than that gets a plus point. Anything below that gets a minus point. We net all that out to give us our final scores. We're stack ranking every pay-per-view of all time. And then we're also using that to create 
um, season rankings as well at the end of the day to see what's the best season of all time. So uh, we're now in the, like I mentioned, 15, 16 season. We do all of that plus minus on a category basis, Marcus. So what are the categories that we review for these shows? Yeah, our first category is build, followed up by commentary, the atmosphere of the event, notable, notable moments and importance that happen, our match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches, which for rewatchability, that's uh, things that happen during the show that aren't necessarily notable moments or really important, but they're things worth going back and checking out. It could be a big spot. It could be uh, something that just made us laugh and chuckle that's memorable. Um, and as far as our all-time matches, that is anything uh, for a plus that we both agree is 4.25 and above, or for a minus, anything that is 0.75 and below. Well, I just realized I sat through that whole intro and the primetime song and didn't even flash my gorilla oh. body on there. So, <laughs> weren't on purpose and didn't even, didn't even remember to do it. Um, so, yeah, those are the categories. For match grades, we do grade every match on the show. If you think of a replacement level average match as a two and a half, which is what we do. Any, uh, you know, our average score above or below that is how you get to our match grade score. So, if our combo average of a match is a four, that match gets a 1.5 because it's 1.5 better than replacement level. If it gets a one, it loses 1.5. So everything we do is a plus minus and it nets it all out to one giant score at the end. So 1560 has been interesting. We've either had some really great stuff or just some kind of middle of the road stuff. And I think that speaks to the wrestling has all been pretty good. It just really depends on like the atmosphere and the moments on some of these shows is very bland and not a lot happens. And some, a bunch happens and it's helped drag these up. That's pretty much been the case of all our seasons shows that have a lot of moments and things happening, a great crowd and really good build do well shows that have eh, build, um, not a lot of moments and some okay wrestling, right? Do worse. So it's just a holistic view of all these shows. All right. So why don't we finish off the calendar year 2015? We're going to start with survivor series took place at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, 14,481, November 22nd, 2015. We still have our trio of announcers that we've been tracking throughout the season, and that is Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and JBL. This is actually a pretty infamous show here, Marcus. Uh, the FBI was involved, not the wrestling faction, the actual Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, so uh, like, we would get a uh, Italian word of the uh, word of the week. Uh, but, yeah, the yeah, I didn't have one queued up, but I, I can do this for you real quick. <laughs> Bapango! I can tell you that right now. So, um, <clears throat> so the FBI was involved. Uh, due to an alleged threat by the Islamic State, IS. On November 21st, the FBI was aware of an alleged threat that includes an Atlanta, Georgia venue and event. Take all threats seriously. We do not have a specific or credible information of an attack at this time. Uh, International Business Times reported that the hacker group Anonymous are responsible for uncovering the information. We released a statement saying the show would go on as scheduled. And of course, there was no attack from the Islamic State, but uh, obviously was a concern going in for anyone in the building that evening. Uh, all right, pre-show match on the network was an actual five-on-five -five Survivor Series bout uh, featuring the Dudley Boys, Goldust, Neville, and Titus O'Neil defeating Bo Dallas, the Ascension, Stardust, and The Miz. What a combo <laughs> that is. Sounds like the Survivor Series match uh, not too long ago that you and Aaron covered, or um, you and uh, Chad covered on uh, Wrestling Warzone. Oh, the Flash uh, Punk like one, the, yeah, that's the, up there. I've, uh, the the uh, Bart Gunn one, where it's like Bart and Billy had separate teams. Yes. Yes. That was, yeah, the dark that match. Was a, oh, the pre-show? Yeah, that the was pre -show, a, yeah. a mess, too. Um, 
Neville, of course, is the only guy eliminated from the face team, and the rest were the survivors. So the Dudley's Goldust and Titus O'Neil. Yes, Neville was pinned by the Miz. So tells you how that's going for him. Disappointing. Let's see if he uh, picks it up. Uh, all right, our opener. So our Roman Reigns defeat Alberto Del Rio. But, Marcus, we should give some quick background because this match is a tournament semifinal for the World Heavyweight title. Prior to the show, Seth Rollins blew his knee in a match with Kane. We talked about that a little bit on our last episode. So he was injured, and they did an old-school tournament to set up this pay-per-view here. So kind of in the lineage of classic Survivor Series, right, 1998, we have mm-hmm. another one here. The first two rounds took place on Raw, so I'm going to run those down real quick. Uh, first round saw Roman Reigns defeat the Big Show. Cesaro beat Sheamus. Alberto Del Rio knocked off Stardust. Kalisto beat Ryback. Kevin Owens beat Titus O'Neil. Neville pinned King Barrett. Dolph Ziggler beat The Miz. And Dean Ambrose beat Tyler Breeze. In the second round, Reigns beat Cesaro. Del Rio beat Kalisto. Owens over Neville. And Ambrose over Ziggler. So that sets up our final four for the pay-per-view itself. And that is our opener. Roman Reigns defeating Alberto Del Rio in 14 minutes. I thought it was a pretty solid opener. Not as good as some of Reigns' stuff has been lately. Uh, and we'll also continue to see now throughout this night, right? We talked about it. He's coming in hot off that Hell in a Cell where the crowd was really into him. It was a classic all-time match with, with Bray Wyatt inside the cell. We'll see if the momentum with the crowd carries over here. little uh, eh, so far with that. But three and a quarter for me in the opening match. Yeah, great blend of styles, I thought. Uh, could have been really awkward, but I felt like they just got better as they uh, kept going in the match. So three and a half for me. Okay. Uh, what's up next? Uh, our next contest is the other semifinal match. It is Dean Ambrose taking on Kevin Owens. Uh, Dean Ambrose is going to pick up the win, uh, giving us a main event of uh, two best friends going at it for the WWE title. Uh, I went in three. Uh, really good match. Um, but nothing nothing really to write home about other than that. And, of course, you know Ambrose has another match in the evening, so that's understandable. Yeah, I went three and a quarter as well. I would have expected maybe a little bit more to these guys. I know they'll go on to have some good stuff coming up. So this kind of almost kickstarts a feud a little bit with them. I also thought it was fitting to go Ambrose Reigns in the finals. I think they've been the guys all year outside of Rollins, right? That's been the story. He's been the shield battling for the world title, mm-hmm. money in the bank, the WrestleMania thing. Like it's kind of been the story throughout Reigns and Ambrose have been teaming. So why not have them be the two to uh, kind of try to close the year out as champion? So I thought that made sense. There is a risk in there. We'll talk about. Um, as we get there, but uh, for now, that's our main event. Uh, we then had a Survivor Series style matchup next as Ryback, the Lucha Dragons, and the Usos take on New Day, Sheamus, and Barrett. And the face team actually wins this, uh, which is a little surprising to me. Survivors are Ryback, Kalisto, and Jay Uso. Uh, we did get kind of New Day getting counted out in there. Kofi and Xavier um, are the team. I think they walked off pretty much, right? Or they just got to leave. So that's yeah, kind of a silly together. way to go about it. Um, but it looks like they're trying to get back behind right back after the secret and the, the squash by <laughs> Owens at the last pay-per-view. But a tough fall for him so far. Yeah. Uh, two and a half for me, uh, even though it is replacement level. Uh, if I were going to show somebody like, a, hey, this is just a regular Survivor Series match, this would probably not be the one that I would show. Uh, just like a tick below um, what I want to see at a Survivor Series match. Uh Next is our Divas title match as Charlotte, our champion, takes on Paige here. Uh, this match was really confusing to me. I went with a uh, 2.25, and that's because I couldn't tell who was supposed to be the face or who was supposed to be the heel. Um, really confusing match. Um, 
rushed in certain points. I just thought um, their head it just seemed really not to be in it. Just something seemed to be off. Um, so yeah, low grade for me. I feel a little better than you. I went three and a quarter, but you're not off. Like it did feel a little wonky. I think they were starting to get toward the potential turn or character change here that's going to be involved, honestly, for both, but really for Paige. So this felt like the appetizer and maybe something you should have done after the the change, but Mm. this felt like part one of the story. Think back to like a Ray and Eddie, right? And like 05 where they're kind of friends for the first match and then it devolves from there. It feels like that's where they're going for. Um, All right, next up we have the uh, main roster pay-per-view debut of Tyler Breeze as he defeats Dolph Ziggler um, in just under seven minutes. So Dolph's been scuffling a bit for us here this season. Uh, Breeze gets the big win in his debut. He was pretty hyped coming up from NXT. He was he was pretty well pushed there. So it's kind of a, a big deal when he came up. We'll see how long it lasts, but for now, he gets a big win. I didn't find the match to be all that compelling. I went two and a half. I thought it was actually pretty disappointing. Uh, you'd expect more maybe from Breeze in his debut, trying to really make a name for himself and establish himself. Uh, but it just didn't click with Dolph. Yep, two and a half for me. This felt like uh, if you've ever had a job where you've had to like train a replacement, that's what, <laughs> that's what this match kind of right. felt like. Although the replacement flames out quicker than the um, than the veteran. So. Um, uh, business is going to pick up a little bit, though, as we have uh... – the Undertaker and Kane, the brother of brothers My of destruction, <laughs> taking on um, the Wyatt family of Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. Um, I thought this was um, a cool little banger. Uh, mm. I went two point seven five. Uh, I thought it was a great way to highlight Undertaker and Kane and like what they can still do. And you had two athletic monsters in there who could uh, really move. So, uh, so, I much it, I so much Kane, so much Kane. At least he's not fighting for the title. Oh, so much Kane. Yeah, this is better than everything else we've seen of him for sure. It's a fine use. You know, we knew this was coming based on Hell in a Cell when the Wyatts carried Taker out after the main event. Um, so it's fine. You know, Survivor Series has always kind of been on a Taker's event, right? That and Mania, right? You got the streak of Mania, and Survivor Series is where he made his debut and won his first world title. So they've always kind of tied that to him. Uh, so you knew they would probably do something unique or different here. Um, was this the no, it's not like an anniversary one for him, right? This is Undertaker 25. Okay, this is that's right. So yeah, this, so that that too, right? They had to have him fight at the 25th. This is a fine way to do it, and at least you're not having Taker beat Bray again one on one like you did at Mania. So doing it this way made sense, I thought. So yeah, two two and three quarters for me too. It was perfectly fine. Uh, extra draw for the card in the semi main slot, setting up our world title finals, and that is Roman Reigns defeating his buddy Dean Ambrose. Again, I was kind of disappointed in this. I, my memory was that it was better. I just went three stars. I thought it was fine. It felt a little anticlimactic, honestly. Um, I don't know what could have been better on the show. Like, I'm not advocating to do the whole tournament on the show. They just don't do matches like that anymore. Like in 98, there's so many express lane matches that it didn't matter. Because um, they've just done the finals on the show and given them a little bit more time, maybe. Mm. Uh, and just have Owens, you know, do something else or whatever. Or Del Rio do something else. And... Maybe you give them a little bit more time to tell a story, but as is, it's under ten minutes. It's it's for their first match together against each other in the WWF. It felt uh, or WWE. It felt a little bit like a letdown to me. Uh, I went three and a half. I like to say a little bit more than you. Um, I thought it was a good sprint. Uh, they got through big spots pretty quickly. They did a good job of selling the exhaustion, even though, like you said, they've only had uh, only, mm-hmm. but uh, they each had one match ahead of time, and it's 
I think it's tough to kind of sell that physical exhaustion without like the quantity of matches on the card. Uh, it's tough to sell like, oh, they went through like this whole tournament. Well, like if you're just watching the pay-per-view or you haven't seen the Raw or whatever, like that doesn't really matter to you. Um, so yeah, three and a half for me, we've got the crowning of uh, the big dog Roman Reigns finally, um, or so it seems because uh, right after the match is done, well, not right after. Uh, it's going to take a few minutes, uh, but we're going to get to uh, Sheamus using his money in the bank to uh, cash mm. in successfully on Roman Reigns. He's going to hit two bro kicks, and we have a new WWE World Champion in Sheamus. So yeah, I went two on this. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's like whatever. It's, a, it's like under a minute, so it's hard to really grade it. My standard for this is like a two and a half. I just didn't think this one was that compelling, so I actually dropped it a little bit below like my standard average cash in. Um, they did do a decent tease with Reigns surviving the first one. And you got to think like, okay, Reigns, he had his big night. He's going to knock both these guys off. And Reign on his champion, you just didn't see Sheamus being the guy to, to beat him. Uh, but he is. And it makes you wonder, like, should, for the second time this year, for all they want to do to get behind Reigns and make him the super guy, you've now cut his balls off twice on major mm-hmm. pay-per-views, right? Like just fucking do it. If you're going to do it, I think the cash in a mania for as memorable and great as that moment was, was a big first fuck up because even though everyone was kind of against him and booing him, they want to rehab him. You're there. Just do it. Right. And, and that match is so he takes such a shit kicking and you actually kind of get behind him. Then he gets hosed. Then you get here. You just spent the whole summer building this freaking guy up. And, now you, you have him get screwed again, like right away and lose the belt again. He's starting to look like a clown. And then, yeah, they want to get to Mania and have him be the challenger. But that's not even from the storyline. You know what I mean? Like there's another thing in between. Mm-hmm. I, I think Sheamus should have failed here. Uh, mm. I would have had him try and Reign survives. And now you put him over super strong that he's beating three guys on the same night, including one when he's fresh. Uh, or just hold off on the cash in a little bit more. Like you have time. He doesn't have to do it until next June. So there's no need to really do it here if you didn't have to. I, I thought it was a rush, and it didn't need to happen. And then on top of it, I, I meant to mention this a minute ago, my issue with having Reigns and Ambrose in the finals is you're splitting his pop. So, again, you've spent all this time trying to rehab this guy, and you have him go against an over face. Um, I think they could have done something creative and had Sheamus make the finals. I think you could have done Reigns-Owens and Ambrose-Sheamus and do Reigns-Sheamus in the final. And now this kind of new to Sheamus, but whatever. Reigns beats him for the in the finals, and Sheamus immediately cashes in and loses again. Right? You could do something like that if you want to make it kind of memorable. Then at least Sheamus is kind of worn down, but he kind of panics and just like maybe beats down Reigns after the match, and then he says "fuck it" and cashes in, and then Reigns comes back again on him. At least it's something different than what they did here, where they split Reigns. It just goes against everything they tried to do all summer and trying to rebuild Reigns by putting him with Ambrose. You immediately split his pop in the tournament final, and then have Sheamus cut his balls off to end the show. Yeah, I went two and a half for the match itself, uh, the standard money in the bank cash in, but it's like they f- forget how to book um, a top face. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hogan, you didn't didn't book Hulk Hogan for sympathy necessarily. Got right. a sympathy in, in his matches, and Roman really got over in that WrestleMania 31 match with Brock because of his selling in the match and his reactions uh, and the beating that he took. Um, it wasn't because he was booked a certain way, uh, before afterwards and they do it again here. Like 
having Roman survive the tournament, be tough, have two good matches uh, in a night, having him sell, like that's how he gets over. And like the sell match, he's like we said, he was firing on all cylinders after that from the um, Hell in a Cell show. That's because of the selling. Like he's really good at that. He's really good in ring. And that's where he gets his sympathy. Um, and that's where all great baby faces get their sympathy from. It's not from the booking. And it's like they're determined to force their booking to make stuff happen. And like you said, they just they cut his water off again. Um, and with a character, a strong character like Roman Reigns, that's it's not what you should be doing. Like if this was Rey Mysterio, then like, OK, right. maybe. But not a six foot four, 265 pound Samoan, um, you know, generational talent. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. All right. So that nets out to a total score of three for in ring. So if you've been following us along through the season, still pretty good, but not where the level has been established for the season. Like if you look back at previous ones, Hell in a Cell was at five and a quarter, United Champion six and a quarter, SummerSlam 10 and a quarter, Battleground five and a half, Money in the Bank five. You have to really go back to that real terrible elimination chamber mm. um, at three and a half to kind of get to this level. So not really a very good in-ring show uh, is Survivor Series. But let's see if the rest of the uh, surrounding pieces can carry it up. So our plus minus for build, we give a point for the legacy of 25 years on Undertaker. They really lean into that. A point for the ongoing story of the Shield finals. Again, Reigns and Ambrose, the relationship all through the year leads to this moment. Uh, a pay, uh, a point for Paige getting jealous and kind of turns, like you said, to chase Charlotte. Not fully turned yet, maybe, but getting there. Uh, a point for Tyler Breeze um, making an impact in his debut on TV. And a point for the Wyatts and Brothers of Destruction giving a story instead of just a tribute match. They actually made it an angle, right? They could have just had Taker. They could have just said, oh, they're going to face these guys. It's 25 years of Taker. But instead, they built it from Hell in a Cell to Survivor Series to give it a reason of happening. It's not just mm -hmm. a tribute match. Yep. All right, let's get into our minuses. Uh, we've got a random Survivor Series match without any personal issues, just kind of throwing it out there. And then the ongoing summer Dolph drama. Um, can't believe it's still going on. Yeah, it's a part of the Breeze match. It's like, still. <laughs> so, uh, But that's a plus four on build, so, so pretty good. Now let's get to commentary, something we haven't been a, a big fans of at all this season. We give a point for the good job telling the story of Reigns wanting to win the title on his own. He turns down Hunter's offer to uh, have the authority help him win, basically, and, and hook them up. Um, he says, no, I'm going to go on my own. Uh, and they do a good job uh, summarizing and putting over Owen's character accomplishments. They've done that quite a bit, honestly, in this season, talking about how he's in it for, for the gold, for the money, for his family. So they, they do always do a good job telling that story. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our minuses. We've got the season-long issue of <laughs> Yuck Yuck Chatter oh, uh, with our God. commentary team. Uh, Lawler's extra corny with his jokes tonight. He feels more outdated than uh, usual. Mm -hmm. uh, due to the uh, straight talking style, there's no additional excitement or elevated um, like tone or voices to carry over um, or at like, least carry uh, the action with like this yeah. dead crowd. When, when the crowd's um, dead, it's like this is a big one for the season. Like when the crowd's not into something, there's not the gorilla or the vent, like the bombastic, even Shivani, JR, where they're like, oh my God, you know, they're really carrying it. Right. It's like they're just talking. So it's like it gets really boring when the crowd's not engaged in something. They're, where they're just chatting and still cracking jokes, except for Cole trying to point things out. It's 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 a rough setup they have right now during the season with this team. Yeah, and it's not even like interesting chatter too. Like if the crowd There's is no dead, like, yeah, crowd's dead in like 1988. Like Gorilla and, and Jesse can uh, right. freestyle for five minutes about demolitions ring gear, and like, is it yeah, is it legal or not? Like, there's none of that here. 
it's just a, like JBL and King are characters, but they don't they don't feel it in no. this run. There's no there's no strong heel. They're just kind of buddy buddy yuck yuck. It's it's like Buck and Inkman. You know what I mean? It's just like whatever. It's just yeah, chatty. Um, finish out our minuses. We've got the muted celebration for Reigns finally winning, and mm-hmm. uh, so much talk all night of um, being the face of the company, representing WWE, being having your face on like the truck. Um, it's Ugh. it's too much. It's it's more of like being employee of the month than it is. Yeah, um, it's a champion. big problem during the stretch. This and the corporate. I think we talked about this on one of our previous episodes. The corporate stuff, like. You know, oh, we got to care about branding and this and that, like uh, advertising. Like, no one wants to hear about this shit. Like, I don't, I don't care about your decks and your your uh, press and all that. Like, that's what this company's all about in this in this season, 2015. It's all about, you know, branding. Who's going to be the face of the of the company? Uh, corporate structure. Who's the director of operations? Like, who gives a fuck about any of that? They were so obsessed with that stuff during this time frame. It. It gets really boring. And it also, you know, you mentioned Reigns, like the muted celebration. Think back to that crowd in LA for Hell in a Cell. In United Champions, you had Rollins fight twice, right? What if they doubled down on that concept? And they said if the winner of the Hell in a Cell faces the world champion at the end of the night, if Rollins can get by Kane or whatever, and have Reigns beat Rollins on that night instead of doing, I mean, they didn't know Rollins was going to get hurt, but it would have saved him from the tournament. And he was so over on that night, you almost wonder, like, Oh, that would have been a cool way to pull the trigger and have him, you know, come off hot off the cell and beat Rollins in the main event. And it pays off back to back months of Rollins having to fight, fight twice, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. So then that's us with negative four for commentary. So <laughs> washes out the bill. Uh, atmosphere, we give a point for Lillian crushing the national anthem. She did a really good job here, actually. Uh, so a point for that. A point for the Dean Ambrose pop in his first match was really good. Uh, a point for the crowd into the new day. This really buy into the antics really well. A point for the Wyatt family entrance, always a point for that. And then a point for the crowd chanting for Undertaker and the big pop he gets when he comes out. Uh, for our minuses, we've got a basic, uh, basic looking set and overall like look at the um, event itself. Doesn't feel like Survivor Series. There's no special vibe to it. Just feels like another show. Uh, the crowd is kind of out on reins all night, which is unfortunate uh, with how hot he was at Hell in a Cell. Crowd is pretty quiet for all of the entrances. Uh, nobody really gets a huge pop. Uh, crowd crowd is definitely quiet during the Charlotte Page match. Um, it hurts the the drama of the story that they're trying to tell. Uh, and the crowd is asleep for every match outside of a couple moments here and there. And we went minus two for that as well. Yep. So that gives us a negative two for atmosphere. You know, one of our worst crowds probably the season so far. Just not mm-hmm. not into they're just out of it for a big show like this with the world title guarantee world title change. Haven't been too engaged. Our right, notable moments. A uh, point for the Survivor Series World Title Tournament. Kind of, like you said, a little bit of a tradition now. Uh, two points for the Usos making their pay-per-view debut. Obviously, one of the greatest tag teams in company history. One of the most important acts in company history. So they make the pay-per-view debut here. It's a big deal. They've actually been around. Um, actually, is that is that really the first I think they, they, make, they make their season debut. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they're on other. they got to be on other pay-per-views. I was going to say, they, they debuted in like 09. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're on other shows, but this is their season debut because one of the Usos was hurt. Right. Let's double check that. If it's just a season debut, I think we should take those points off. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I agree. Yeah. Producer Tim, can you verify for us? I'm pretty sure that the uh, Usos had... They, I mean, they debuted in 09. I got to think they had one. I mean, there's a chance maybe they hadn't, but we can see. Let's find that out. Um. 
All right, we'll come back to that. A point for Tyler Breeze. We know it's his debut, his first pay-per-view match and win. A point for the Undertaker's 25th anniversary match. That's a big moment. A point for Reigns winning the world title. And a point for Sheamus winning the world title. So, you know, we get some moments on this show. Uh, some big stuff. Uh, for our minuses, we've got a week in ring showing for Barrett, although I did appreciate him uh, shaking that thing on the outside. Uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, but Barrett, it feels stuck in neutral and... Um, uh, maybe we can talk about that afterwards. Uh, Wyatt loses to Undertaker again, and Wayne, uh, Reigns' title reign is neutered once again. Um, real quick about Barrett, it's kind of all the dudes that they throw in the League of Nations. Um, they they all play the same character and occupy the same spot on the card. So, like mm-hmm. whether it's Sheamus, it's Barrett, it's Del Rio, it's Rusev, it's Cesaro, they all kind of like fit the same role. So, um, they're just pretty pretty redundant. All right, so Tim has confirmed they uh, they made a pay per view way back in 2010. Okay. So we're gonna take those two points away, uh, which is gonna drop. Made the updates there. All right, so for notable moments and importance, that's gonna leave us at a. Uh, actually, did you finish going through the negatives? Yep, that was it. Okay. All right, that's gonna leave us at a two uh, there. So not a lot, not as much as we would have thought originally. Uh, we went three for the match grades. We talked about that. Card structure. Uh, you kind of bookend the card with the tournament. That that was well done. Open with the with the semis and close of the final. A point for having a classic Survivor Series match on the card. So good on them for that. A point for putting Taker semi main. It was a worthy of that slot. And a point to close with the with the tournament finals. Yeah, and our only minus was uh, that segment to close the show just took forever. Uh, it's another like five or seven minute segment. It just takes way too long to get to the point. So that's a three for card structure, which is pretty rare to be in the positives in this season. I feel like that's been one of the drags a lot uh, in these more current shows. Uh, rewatchability, we give a point for the New Day's promo and Xavier Woods' hair, which is kind of a funny running joke throughout this, where it's it's got the real, uh, I don't know, how would you describe it, Marcus? Is this the one where he's got the... Um, it's kind of got the Coco Beware greased. from like 88. Yeah, yeah. What did Jesse uh, Ventura once say? <laughs> it wasn't the buckwheat, was it? It's... No, it's like... Uh, Lie, like died fried and laid to the side or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that. That's that's right, right. I think he said that about Coco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says it here for Xavier, but that promos—they're always good. It's worth a rewatch. Uh, a point for the stereo planches by the Usos and Lucha uh, Lucha Dragons onto Ryback. I'm assuming Lucha Brothers uh, onto Ryback. Uh, I'm sorry, onto the heels followed by Ryback Plancha. So that was cool seeing all five of them hit dives to the floor. Mm-hmm. And then a point for Sheamus cashing in the money in the bank and a big pool of confetti. So that was a cool moment to see that happen as he attacks. So some decent rewatchable moments here. Yeah. Uh, and our only minus for rewatchability is uh, New Day just leaving with Big E uh, once Big E is eliminated. Um, just kind of ruins the vibe of the whole match. Mm-hmm. All right. So two for that. No all-time matches, as you've heard. Uh, and that gives us a total of eight. Marcus. So this is uh, not a great showing for Survivor Series. Maybe one of the, I don't want to call it one of the worst Survivor Series ever, because if you're looking at it like most people probably do, it's fine. And the match, there's no bad matches. It's just when you when you consider all the other shit that we do, it just does not finish terribly high. Um, so we actually have it as our 47th best show mm. out of 65 so far. And without and, that Rollins injury, it makes me wonder what did they have planned for the show? Because it seemed all the marketing, everything seemed contingent on uh, Undertaker 25. So like I'm guessing the shield seemed... freeway. I think we were going to get Reigns, Ambrose, Rollins. Okay. That's my and Seamus cash in. I think Reigns wins the belt in the three way and then 
Okay. It seems like is why else would you arrange Zambro? Like it, they had to have something planned around that, and that's been the story all year. I'm guessing they were going to wrap with with that shield story with Reigns winning the belt back, okay. and then Sheamus cashes in. It'd be, I'm, I don't know that from anything. It's just a guess. Um, all right, so at eight, yeah, that puts her just below Extreme Rules eleven, just above Survivor Series ninety four and Great American Bash 04. So that's the kind of Oof. company it keeps. Yeah, down low. Not the best. Any final thoughts on uh, on that show? Nope. I'm ready to get out of here uh, and on to the next one. All right, let's uh, dive into our next show. And that is TLC 2015 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, December 13th from the TD Garden in Boston, 14,903. That includes members of Place to Be Nation, including myself, Marcus. I was actually at the show live. Uh, We went to Buffalo Wild Wings before the show, watched football, uh, all the early games, and into some of the evening games. And then it was actually a pretty infamous one. So the Cowboy. Uh, which we had done before for Boston shows, rented a van to drive us all up. Uh, but the only thing he could get was one of those transit vans with no windows. So he pulls up <laughs> to my house. He's got like this huge transit van. It's so creepy. It's such a creeper van. We all pile in. He had a hell of a time parking that thing in the garage in Boston too. It was, uh, it was a close call trying to get that thing in and out of the spot. Uh, but we all loaded in, went to Wild Wings up on the South Shore, and then uh, headed over to the garden for this pay-per-view. So it was a pretty fun outing. Um, you know, had had a pretty good crew at that one, and uh, we were privy to a pre-show match of Sasha Banks defeating Becky Lynch in under 12 minutes. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this is a pre-show match. It's a pretty cool one to get to see. Um, obviously, they had both been on the roster to that point, but not really pushing anyway. The two of them, so, seriously. So it was cool to kind of get to see that match beforehand. That's cool. That's a cool uh, pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, all right, our opener is the New Day defeating the Lucha Dragons and the Usos in a triple threat tag team ladder match for the tag team titles. This is a pretty famous match. It goes 18 minutes, and it is a banger. Um, it has the all-time spot. I, I remember losing my shit. We had pretty good seats. We were like, we were up a level, but we were pretty much dead even with the ring. And I happened a video, because you could kind of think something was happening. So I have a video of the spot on my phone live, um, the Salida de Sol that Kalisto does was it was Kalisto or Sin Cara? Uh, Kalisto. Yeah, does it um, off the ladder through the ladder bridge, and I'll never forget the way they float is the most amazing part of it. Like it's just it's just like time stopped when he's doing the move. It's it's an amazing move, um, and a great great match. So I thought it held up wonderfully for me. Maybe even better because I think in your mind you may think it's just that spot and the rest is whatever, but the whole match is fantastic. I went four and a quarter. I thought it's all time great. Four and a quarter for me as well. That makes it a all time great match for both of us. Um, yeah, and that's one of the greatest spots I think yep. uh, in company history. Um, I wish it got shown a little bit more um, when they kind of highlight all the crazy spots that have happened. Um, insane spot and insane match. Um, they really do a good job with like a modernized. Um, new take on the uh, the triple threat uh, TLC match. Um, our next match of the evening is Ryback. Excuse me, the Ryback taking on Rusev. Rusev's going to pick up the win. Uh, I went two point seven five, um, which is kind of big men slapping meats, and uh, that's always good for at least two and three quarters for me. Yeah, I went three. It was actually a little bit better than I remembered. Just under eight minutes, so they really 
beat each other up. And it was good to see Rusev back on track. Lana's back with him. Uh, we get the League of Nations thing kind of rehabbed him a bit after he mm-hmm. had lost his way uh, after the Cena feud. So uh, this is a nice little rehab, have him beat Ryback. Ryback's whatever. He's been up and down. He's at least still featured, and it feels like a win when you beat him at this point. So I, I like the match decent enough, um, and it was good to see Rusev get the win. Our next match was a chairs match for the United States title as Alberto De Rio takes on Jack Swagger. So we haven't really seen Swagger much. Uh, they kind of lean into like, you know, Swagger being Zeb's old, old charge and him defending America against Mexicana, whatever. <laughs> it keeps growing up, whatever it was that they were doing with uh, Del Rio and Zeb. Uh, this actually surprised me again. I thought this was pretty fun. It was pretty hard hitting. Uh, Swagger w- had a lot of fire as a face in this. I think he really leaned into the gimmick. The crowd was into him. The chair stuff worked for me. So I went three and a quarter. Like I did not expect this to hit. And to this point, I was surprised because in my mind, I, I this only stood out as a one-match show. It was one of those ones that it peaked at the beginning with a great spot and the rest was whatever. But three matches in, I'm like, oh, wait, maybe this show's better than I thought. Yeah, three and a quarter for me too. I really like Swagger as a babyface. Um, and I thought this was a pretty good uh, pretty good chairs match. It's kind of a silly gimmick, but um, mm-hmm. I thought they made it work as best as possible. Uh, our next match is a tables match, and it is the Wyatt family taking on the ECW contingent of Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, and the Dudley Boys. Uh, I went 3.25. I like this a good amount. Uh, they didn't overthink anything. It was all action. It was nonstop um, and a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'll blow you with the 275, but it was, it was a cool gimmick to bring Dreamer in, bring uh, Rhino with the kind of the surprise return there. And kind of go old school ECW team versus the Wyatts. Like, I'm always kind of a fan of when they have those groups around Dodi, whether it was RVD was around for a little bit, or a team like this, Dream or Rhino Dudley's, like having that little faction be united. I mean, it could be the ECW marketing, whatever, but like, I think it was just cool to have those guys around to be able to do stuff like this. So, yeah, I went 275. It was perfectly fine. It's a good way to reestablish the Wyatts after the beatdown by Taker and Kane as well. So it kind of maybe gets them back going again. All right, we mentioned that Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens would have a feud coming off of Survivor Series, and here they are fighting for the Intercontinental title, which Dean Ambrose wins, defeating Kevin Owens. I went three and a half. That was a really damn good match. Uh, They have good chemistry. We saw that a little bit last month. They didn't get a lot of time. This time around, they're given more, uh, and the match itself goes just under 10. So not a ton still, but a little bit more. And uh, we'll see that this feud will continue on as it becomes more of a rivalry over the title uh, than anything else. So I, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good match. Yep. Cosign everything you said. Three and a half for me as well. Okay. Uh, and that takes us to our Divas title match as Charlotte once again defends against Paige. Uh, I went 3.25. I thought that this match was much better than the Survivor Series match. It seems like the dynamics are a little bit more clearly defined. Um and we're still seeing uh, Charlotte get more comfortable uh, into into her heel persona um, and really enjoy seeing her grow this season. Yeah, I went uh, three and a quarter as well, which is actually on par. So I thought it was about just as good as Survivor Series, which I liked. And yeah, I think it's it, I think the page turn made sense because there's such a natural story there with her feeling like, well, what the fuck? Like I was the for her and Emma. They really could have used Emma. I don't know if she's still around at this point or not. I know they had kind of done the stupid bubble popping thing with her. But um, I think, like, the story of her and Emma feeling slighted after they rebuilt the women's division on NXT. And then in NXT and the main roster, they're looked at as, like, okay, 
Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte are kicking off the revolution. Like, I think it's a natural story for Paige to be like, well, what the hell? Like, why don't I get the same uh, respect or adoration that, that they're getting to, like, rebuild women's wrestling in the company? So I thought that was, like, natural to have her turn heel and be bitter about it. And it worked well. So uh, three and a quarter there. That brings us to our main event, which is a TLC match. That is Roman Reigns losing to Sheamus. Again, uh, Sheamus mm-hmm. retains the world title, defeating Reigns just under 24 minutes. I went four. It's really good, but it could have been better. And part of that is it's too fucking long. Like 24 <laughs> minutes, that back end, just it does drag a bit. Like it's just, We didn't need to go 24 minutes. Like To me, a TLC match, 24 minutes should be like a tag or a six-man. Mm-hmm. A one-on-one TLC at 20 25 minutes is just too much. It's it's too long. And that goes for ladder matches too. Like none of that shit. Like under 20 and out for something like that. Like in and out. Um you, when you're getting over 20, it's like, all right, like what are we doing? And then now now they're overthinking reigns. Like, what are we doing? This is the third time that we could have done this and we're not doing it. Like you're not gonna make them any hotter because it's not gonna happen. So just do it or don't do it. If he's not gonna win here, he should just not win. Don't have him win here, lose here, and then win the next night on Raw, which is what they do. Now, that I think that gets a pretty big pop the next night, if I remember, and what they do mm-hmm. in the post here is okay. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they knew what they were doing, and, and I don't, because that was probably the hottest crowd of the three, Survivor Series here and then Raw. So, whatever. But it just feel like, again, like they're neutering him instead of just going all in. Yeah, they're trying to get him to be as hot as he was coming out of Hell in a Cell, um, which it works, but... I mean, it's it's pulling teeth. It's it's going around your elbow to wipe your backside. Like this, it, it's taken it's taken way too much effort to try to get uh, Roman to be what he really needs to be. Um, and if they would just book him to win and be unapologetic about it, then um, and have him walk tall, there'd be no issues. But um, yeah, the frustration boiling over and um, him attacking everybody after the match and snapping and then getting a Triple H. Um, it was a good way to close out the show. The Boston crowd finally did wake up for that. Um, I mean, they're pretty good uh, all night, but um, that was like their high point. Um, uh, but yeah, that's it for me. Four for me. Okay. Uh, all right. So that gives us a total match score grade of six. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, six. So that's uh, that's a pretty good show right there. And again, it was better than I remembered it being. Like I, As someone who was there live, I did not remember the rest of the card being that good. Maybe I remembered kind of a quiet crowd in the main event. And Reigns losing, and that soured it in my head, perhaps, like a 24-minute. I remember being tired probably by the end. So, all right, let's get to our categories for the build. We gave a point for uh, Reigns and the authority at war, leading to Sheamus as champion. Del Rio dumping Zeb. It didn't make sense from the start, so I was fine with that. Uh, the ECW-YS feud was pretty well built, uh, leading to the surprise returns. Owens and Ambrose, the multi-month feud, kind of kicked off a survivor series and rages on. Page continuing to press that Charlotte is cheating and leading to her reputation taking hits. So uh, a lot of good build into the show. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, no real tag feud getting us to the ladder match. Uh, more relationship BS with Rusev and Lana. We've got the microwaved um, push of swagger into uh, being a contender. Um, as usual, uh, it's been a theme for the U.S. title this season. Uh, no idea who the face or heel is in the Charlotte Page feud. Um, and the only clear face really is Becky, uh, who is not a part of the pay-per-view match. Right. She's just kind of in between. Um, so I know we kind of have it in both columns. But Page is right in what she's saying, right? The build itself is good, but 
it's still like who he's supposed to. It's like the old Savage Hogan. Like, okay, I know they want me to make Savage a heel, but he's kind of right about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I felt like here. Like Paige is kind of right. Um, but it also, I think it does help fuel what's coming for Charlotte. Um, so again, Paige is always just a, seems like the precursor for the bigger stuff, unfortunately for her. So it's a one for build uh, commentary. Woods was awesome. Xavier Woods in the opener. He's on commentary for that whole match. He's just like adds so much extra vibrance to it. Uh, a point for uh, the commentary doing really well with the Flair family cheating storyline, you know, with Rick starting to kind of seep into Charlotte and what she's got going on. Uh, and a point for JBL talking about executing a great game plan as Reigns gets Sheamus early on. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that added an extra element to their match. Uh, just anytime they like actually talk about like game planning and stuff like that, it's like, okay, you guys are actually right. you know, contributing. Um, for our minuses, we've got announcers discussing Lana and Rusev's uh, and their relationships dynamic. Oh, uh, just as uh, really no benefit uh, to any anyone or anything. It's been one of the uh, worst parts of this season is anything to do with the two of them. Yeah. Uh, King is really annoying trying to troll JBL about Ambrose doing uh, all sorts of publicity now that he's the uh, U.S. Cha- or the uh, Intercontinental Champion again with like his face on the side of the truck and like showing up for this appearance and that appearance. It's kind of more like that corporate. Um, you know, corporate face stuff uh, gets pretty annoying. All right. So that's a one as well for commentary. Let's get to atmosphere. We give a point for the hot new day entrance and during the match, they're kind of slowly being turned face. We're seeing that right through their actions month after month, a point for the red hot crowd during the opening match, a point for the crowd behind swagger. And we, the people like out of nowhere, <laughs> he's like super over a mm-hmm. point for the Wyatt entrance as always a point for the rocking crowd during Ambrose and Owens. A point for the Flair family entrance, which is really good with Charlotte and Rick coming out. A point for the rowdy vibe when Reigns is just destroying everyone post-match. We didn't talk about that. We'll get to it in a minute. Um, and then a point for the crowd into Rusev Ryback as a Haas match as well. So this crowd's pretty low-key, really good. Maybe one of the best of the season. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the minuses, though. Uh, we got the dueling Cena chance during the main event, uh, even though it wasn't there. Um, boring chance during the main event as well. Uh, crowd still not full, fully pumped uh, and on board with Reigns after killing himself all match, um, where he finally gets to like stand tall on his own, uh, and then uh, wrecks the authority and uh, and the League of Nations. Right. So it's like, all right, are we done? Like, are we not? <laughs> like the crowd's mm-hmm. still not vibing on him. Uh, so that's a five for atmosphere. So again, a really good crowd. Uh, for notable moments, we gave the super saluted Desol a, a point. Obviously, an all-time spot. Ambrose winning the IC title, a point. Charlotte leaning heel after the match, a point. A point for the pay-per-view debut of the League of Nations as a group. And a point for the post-match, we'll talk about now. So after the main event, Reigns snaps and just destroys, like you said, League of Nations, Authority. Just piece of shit out of Hunter. Like, leaves him a, a, a mess. Uh, Stephanie is crying. Like, like, it's just a disaster. And to me, Marcus, when you think about where they go from here, we'll cover this over our next two episodes. Again, like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, everyone hates the authority. They're sick of the authority. But they completely make this a sympathetic situation with Hunter. Like, he beats him with an inch of his life. His wife is watching. Like, <laughs> it, it, you feel like, as hated as he is, it, it, it reminded me of Brett and Vince at, at 26. Like, they fuck it up so bad that Vince is getting sympathy against Bret Hart. Right? It's like, like, Hunter is getting sympathy because Reigns is just not that over. And he's beating a man within an inch of his life gratuitously in front of his family. So it's like uh, enough. <laughs> I would have had them do something like Ambrose comes out to help. They, mm. they chain reins to the rope. And now they're just kicking the shit out of Ambrose and reigns bust free 
cleans house and and then and then there's payback there's something like this is the guy angry he lost a match it's like he snapped because the numbers are being handsome but like i don't feel that bad for him I mean, like he just had a world title shot like like i know he kept getting fucked but it just felt like a little they found a way to make hunter sympathetic which is not the way you want to go the rare instance of Triple H showing a weakness. <laughs> right? <laughs> and this is what happens. And he's a heel. Like, wh- where was this in 2000? <laughs> oh, man. Or any of the other seasons we covered. All right. What do you got for the negatives on uh, moments? Oh, uh, we've got the big dog, Roman Reigns, losing yet again. Uh, and that's it. That's it. All right. So that's a four for notable moments. We give a six for match grades. Uh, card structure, we give a point for starting hot with the tag team ladder war. A point for the good blending of gimmicks throughout the show. So we get the chairs, we get the tables, we get the light, you know, like it was a good mix. Uh, a point for the women's matches. They feel more like a semi-main instead of a death slot. It's the yeah. same spot on the card, but the presentation is so key. It doesn't feel like it did back in the old days where it's like, all right, Kelly and Candace going out there, right? And I felt like, all right, just killed three minutes before the main event. This feels like it's a semi-main event match now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's good to see. And then a point for closing with the with the world title match. All right. Um, our minus is uh, teasing the fire table spot and not delivering. Oh, um, yeah. Deliver. Yeah. Uh, and then the long post main event segment uh, once again. Right. It doesn't even have to be one of the new. Like, you got to find. Uh, not new. Like, there had to be someone that they could have put in there to get, get the flaming table. Oh. Uh, all right. So that's a two for card structure. Rewatchability. We give a pro point for the new day promo as always we gave two for the super salita del soul that's like a gift you can watch over and over yeah. uh a point for xavier throwing the trombone at kalisto while he's climbing the ladder was great uh, a point for del rio did a top rope double stomp into a pile of chairs which was nasty um and then a point for kevin owens pre-match promo which was great uh our minuses we've got <laughs> the tweets ticking along at the bottom uh oh, kind of scrolling along during the save it for the death match. matches not this red hot <laughs> ladder war and we're putting tweets up like what are we doing right trying to talk about twitter yeah it's, it's they still they still don't have a hang on it in 2015 um awkward k jewelers uh pre-raw proposal ad which <laughs> jimmy Uso and naomi it's so cooked up and campy um i know the money's good and it's good for the business but like it's bad for the product. All right. So that is a four uh, for rewatchability. So a pretty rewatchable show. All-time matches. We went with the opening uh, ladder match, of course. That was four and a quarter for both of us. That's one there. And Marcus, and that's out to a very strong showing at 24 points for TLC 2015. So a really great show. I think it surprised me. With how well it held up, again, I remembered the great spot in the beginning and the beatdown at the end and not much in between, but it held up. There was a lot of really good stuff in here. And for as maligned as maybe some of these years are, like 2015, the fall delivered. Like, United Champions was really good. Hell in a Cell was very solid. Survivor Series, whatever, but it was memorable. And then this show may be the best December show that they've ever done. I mean, it's like there's a lot going on here. December is usually one of the worst shows of the year. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that finishes top 10 for us. That's our 10th place show right now. Wow. And it's one point higher than SummerSlam 2011, which is, I think, pretty surprising. Absolutely. Um, a lot of a lot of depth coming from, like, the, the undercard, I think. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not really, like, the main event carrying it. It's the tag seems the tag seems heating up. Uh, the women's division is on fire. Uh, those, feels like, those kind of feel like the two main reasons. Um, the back half of this uh, winter, fall, winter season has uh, really picked up. Yeah, I agree.
All right, want to do our top 10 before we wrap? Absolutely. All right, our new number 10 show, TLC 2015 at 24 points. Fully loaded at 1999, coming in at 9 with 26.25. Right above that, TakeOver War Games 2, 26.5. NXT TakeOver in New York with a 28.25. Number 7 is Royal Rumble 2000 at 28.5. Money in the Bank 2011 with a 28.2, uh, 28.75. Our fifth place show is WrestleMania 21 with 33.5. SummerSlam at 2015 with a 35.25. Our second place show is Royal Rumble 05 with 36 and a half. And our number one show still, the highly controversial SummerSlam 1999 with a war score of 38.25. So there you have it. Uh, at the end of this recording, we've done 66 pay-per-view events, Marcus. So we are chugging along. We'll be back in two weeks' time. We have Royal Rumble 2016. We have Fastlane 2016. And then before you know it, a month from today, we'll be on our final airing uh final uh i should say our season finale of that uh listen check out everything we have to offer here at the north south connection i know this this show has moved night moved days quite a bit we're on thursdays now in the new year uh, i think we started what on fridays moved to saturdays now we're on thursdays hopefully this is our home uh done some shuffling so every thursday the show will be out on uh, audio on any podcatcher app or on our youtube channel north south connection so you can fo- follow us find us at the following places NorthSouthConnection.com has everything. We're going to post every audio, every video there for us. We are then going to uh, have all the audio on our usual podcatcher apps, right? It's just going to go to Podbean. You can find us at NorthSouthConnection on any podcatcher tool. Uh, and then also all our video will be on our YouTube YouTube page. So if you just search NorthSouthConnection on YouTube, subscribe to us there. You'll get all of our video content. We're on a bunch of social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, where Aaron's been doing some great figure reviews and some other stuff as well. So you can find us on all social media. So for Marcus, I'm JT. Live your life above replacement level. We'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Head under water. Me and my girl. We've got a relationship. Me and my girl. We've got a relationship. My girl, got a relationship. Oh, and my girl, got a relationship. Take a tip, take a tip, take a tip, tip, tip.